Hi, this is my fourth podcast episode um, and today I want to talk about me. Mm, me as the scapegoat child in the family, my family dynamics and me as the daughter of a narcissistic mother. Um, okay, where do I start? So as a little girl, from my earliest memories, I was always, um, I've said before, I always had an awareness. I always had this eyes wide open kind of thing that I saw everything around me. I questioned things. um, And I guess I knew what I wanted from the earliest age. I loved pretty things. I wanted to be pretty. I loved pink and sparkles and all things little girls like just the typical normal little girl that was not okay um this was in a very beige family my mum was very much the opposite to that very um I guess I would say unattractive appearance was definitely not her priority if anything she sort of did the opposite um she was always overweight she wore very conservative clothes she never wore shorts or jeans just normal clothes it was always frocks i hate that word frocks i don't even know where it came from but somehow dresses always seem to be referred to as frocks um she had short gray hair i never understood why she never grew her hair long she Apparently said her mother wasn't didn't allow her to have long hair. That's weird, but anyway, she just never ever had long hair, never did any makeup or anything like that. Um, and I always loved pretty things. So that was one of my first things to not be okay. Um, my twin sister and I were the same. We were two cute little blonde girls who were just normal um that unfortunately our older sister wasn't she was very much like our mother very programmed and the same um so we were constantly compared to her and why can't we be more like her and why do we have to have these things and want these things and why can't we just not make a fuss like her and um Uh, My first memory of my mum in a narcissist capacity, um, we were grade one and we lived a block from the school and our mum never, she walked us to school on the first day and then that was out. We were left to our own devices to go to school Um, and our school finished the, I think first two grades finished at 2.30 and the older grades finished at 3.00. And one day, for some reason, we decided to go to a friend's house after school, straight from school. Um, We can't have been there long because we came back at three o'clock when all the other kids were getting out. And I remember there were buses lined up with kids on. And our mother had come looking for us and she just was in a rage, an absolute hysterical rage. She was screaming at us outside the school grounds. I think she had a wooden, I don't think, I know she had a wooden spoon. She was belting us with it and rushing us to the car. It it was just mortifying, absolutely mortifying. Um, Now, just 
to backtrack, yes, we shouldn't have done that, but we were also little kids that little kids do stuff and they don't think. And I don't know why we did it, but we did. Um, anyway, I also remember when we got home, going up the stairs to go inside the house, she was just belting us with the wooden spoon from behind, belting our legs and just raging, absolutely raging at us. You little monkeys, she would say over and over. We record that a lot, just the little monkeys. Um, that is a very definite memory that sticks in my mind and my sister's and um, very traumatising. It was extremely traumatising. Uh, I remember another time before we had started school, we uh, must have been, I don't know, four, and we were sitting at the kitchen table having morning tea and drinking probably a cup of Milo or just a cup of milk and our mum was on the phone and being on the phone, this is the 70s, so it's a wall phone, it was in the hallway, um, everyone could hear the conversations, it was a horrible setup, hated it, but she would spend a lot of time on the phone or like ages and ages, anyway she was on the phone, gossiping would have been and we spilled our milk and we were terrified, absolutely terrified, because we knew we were going to get in so much trouble. Um, so we ran away and we hid, and we hid in the cupboard downstairs under the house, and we fell asleep. We were there for hours. She didn't find us. I, I don't know how much she looked for us. I mean, she had two twin little girls that disappeared. Um, but we just stayed in this cupboard for ages. I suppose eventually we woke up and came out, but I, I don't know why that memory sticks kind of makes me feel like how unimportant we were, unnoticed. We were kind of, I don't know. Um, anyway, so just, I was always, I struggled with my siblings all the time because, um, like I said, I always questioned things. I didn't like the way things went in our home. And um, my older sister annoyed the heck out of me because she was so like she was. And I just couldn't relate to her. I didn't get it. She was like a zombie robot to me. Just no emotion, no normal normal mind. I could see that from the earliest age and I just wanted her to be normal. Um, I was very serious, I guess, because probably because of all of that sort of stuff. And there was no humour in our house. There was no laughter and just normal fun and humour. So nothing was funny. And to me, I guess everything was very intense and very serious. And I was probably always just like, why, why, why? Just don't understand anything here. I was told a zillion trillion times, why do you have to be so sensitive? That was like my really bad flaw, apparently, um, was that I was just too sensitive. That's a very classic line for a narcissist to say. Um, I probably, I would have just had normal feelings, just normal feelings appropriate to a child of the age that I would have been um, but it was never okay it was never ever okay and I was always just too sensitive another thing I'd always be told is why do you have to get so disappointed and that was 
just said over and over again as well. And it was because I just wanted to live and have fun and do fun things. And we didn't have much fun. There was not much fun. Even when we did nice things, they weren't fun. Like we had holidays. My parents bought a caravan with some inheritance money when my father's mother died. And so we did a lot of caravanning holidays, which yes, was good. Good that we had that opportunity, but they weren't fun. They were always, remember the road trips, my mother would just be a nightmare because she didn't like dad's driving. And so she would be all tummy turned up, just totally churned up the whole time. And we'd try to say, why don't you just go to sleep? Oh, I couldn't possibly sleep when your father's driving. And it just, just, nothing was fun ever in my mind. Maybe my siblings might see it and see it differently, but that's certainly how I saw it. Um, and I've lost what I was saying. Um, yeah, so I was just always obviously getting disappointed because I wanted things to be more fun and nicer than what they were. Um, another thing my twin sister and I were constantly told is, you girls are so irresponsible. We were just told over and over and over again. Um, and we kind of grew up to be a bit irresponsible, I guess, probably because it was spoken over as that many times. But when I think about it, I don't think we were that irresponsible. We were just kids. We just were normal kids. Kids don't think to do this or that or... You know, how, I remember once we left our thongs at the beach. Oh, we were terrified of mum finding out. And we knew how much trouble we would get in, and of course we did. And that was just an example of how irresponsible we were. And of course, they didn't get replaced. Um, but how many kids leave thongs somewhere, leave their shoes somewhere? Like, my kids did that sort of thing all the time. They're kids. So we were always in trouble for what we shouldn't have been in trouble for. We were just normal kids. Um, one of the things in my childhood that helped, probably helped us a lot was we did have a neighbour across the road, uh, a little girl the same age as us. And it was quite funny because her family was completely opposite in every way to my family. It was a bit like the Simpsons and the Flanders. Obviously, we were the Flanders. Her home was um, no rules whatsoever. There was no boundaries, no gu guidelines, no rules. They could do whatever they wanted. Their parents owned a business, uh, an antique shop where they spent all their time, seven days a week. So the kids were left home alone and could do whatever they wanted. So we would go over to our friend's house all the time and just have that freedom. We could do whatever we wanted. And our mothers didn't speak. There's a reason for that. I'll tell that story another time. Um, but so there was never any fear of our mother coming over to see what we were up to because she just never, ever came near the place. So we could go over there and just sigh a big breath of relief to be out of our rigid, structured home life. And when I say we could do whatever we wanted, just, you know, as kids, small things, just we could eat. They always had heaps of junk food. We could just 
eat whatever we wanted. We watched movies we wouldn't be allowed to watch and listen to normal music. We were only allowed to listen to Christian music. There was no way we were allowed to have a radio on with normal music playing, definitely not any records. Um, so we could go over there and we'd watch Saturday morning video hits and that was the only way that we were able to know what music was popular in the day, what movies were popular. Um, and we'd just go over there and we'd have fun. We could just have fun. Um, that was not a functional home though. There was a lot of abuse going on. I didn't know about that until I got older, but both the parents were very physically and verbally abusive to the children. Um, so it was definitely not a good home either, but it was just one extreme to the other. And our friend likewise liked to come over to our house and just have a bit of structure and have a mother that was there and just, you know, feel a little bit of that even though she knew it was all very weird. Um, but yeah, that, that would have saved me a lot because especially as I got older, we could go over there, we could ring up boys. You know, if we had a little crush on a boy, we'd ring them up. And um, as we got into the teenage years, we'd have friends over there. We did a bit of drinking and we could try makeup and nail polish on. Things we weren't allowed to do, we'd have to make sure we wiped it off before we went home. Um, and they had loads of Dolly magazines, so we just scoured and read every single word from cover to cover of the Dolly magazines. And that would have been my education. Obviously, my mum wasn't going to give us any sex education. We didn't get a period talk. That's probably a little story. I can tell that one. It's horrific, but... Our mother never spoke to us about anything like that, any normal things. Um, so we weren't prepared at all for our periods. And my twin sister actually got hers first. And we were in high school and our mother had found her underwear in the laundry tub um, with the telltale signs. And she came down to the high school armed with a packet of pads and we were both called out of our classes to go see our mother and she wanted to know which one of us it was and when Sue fessed up oh, sorry when she fessed up um that it was her I was sent back to class and she was given the talk there in the high school toilets absolutely mortified and left with the packet of pads for the day it was just the most mortifying experience of our lives honestly had to go back to class and tell the kids, you know, what what our mother wanted. I said our dog died. We'd never had a dog in our life. That's another little side story. Um, I always think people that are pet people, animal people, are generally warm, nice people. If someone loves their pets and their animals, they're going to have some nice warmth to them. Um, my mother hated animals. My father always wanted a dog. That was the many things that he would have liked in his life but wasn't allowed. Um, so there's no way he was going to be allowed to get a dog. That was just not even contemplated as a possibility. But we did have a few cats and that was sort of by default. Um, I remember I brought one home from a school fete once think we were given we might have had three cats in my childhood we were just sort of given them 
Um, again, this is the 70s, so there wasn't a lot of, um, there was a lot of, we had cats that had gave birth to kittens in our back gardens. There was a lot of that. Animals weren't desexed like they are now. Um, anyway, our mother hated them and, you know, we'd play little tricks and try to put the cat up to her to try to get her to pat them and, oh, get that thing away from me, she'd say. It's just so sad. Just who wouldn't like a cute kitten? Um, but she wouldn't. And so I never developed that warmthness for animals either. It wasn't until I'd become an adult and I've just appreciated the beauty of animals. Now I absolutely adore them. Our pets are our world in our house. Um, that I also grew up and developed a bit of a coldness there, which makes me very sad. Um, but anyway, that was just a little side story. So just teenage years were really, really difficult for me. I hate thinking of high school years, hate it with a passion um, because just such painful memories. It wasn't a happy time. It wasn't a nice time. I just desperately wanted to be pretty. I wanted to fit in. I wanted to be, I don't know, just wear nice clothes and be pretty. Um, wasn't allowed, obviously, to do that. Didn't have any nice clothes to work with. So it was very painful because that's normal as well. That's pretty much what most teenagers and kids want, fit in with their peers at school and that sort of thing. Um, but, yeah, that, I... <laughs> did not like myself and I don't like to remember what I was like in those years. Um, when we were grade eight, we became very interested in boys and we'd always be looking for boyfriends and we went out with a lot of boys and, you know, I suppose you could say we might have had that need because we had no relationship with our father. I don't know. You can make it up what you'd wish, but... Um, getting into the high school years, yeah, they just weren't fun. <laughs> they just were not fun. I've, my formal photos, horrific. Anyway, um, so I was very lost. I just, I didn't know who I was. I didn't know anything. I wasn't, had no freedom to be who I might have been. I wouldn't have had a clue who that was. I know I loved art. I was very arty, very much loved the creative side to life. And I was an academic, hated maths and science. I really struggled with that, still do, um, but loved art and music, theatre, um, just another little example, when we were in year 12, we were part of Rock and Roller Steadford. That was a really big deal at the time. It was a competition that all the schools would put together a dance to a song and there would be heats and um, then the winners of those would go on to a final that was held at the biggest entertainment complex in our city. And it was a really big deal. So we spent months of practicing for that and we had to be in it because we took theatre as a subject. So that was a compulsory thing. Otherwise, we wouldn't have been allowed because it was to rock music and that was very much not okay. Um, 
but we were in that and we did end up winning our heat and then we went on to the finals. It was a really big deal and we ended up winning the finals. Our mother, of course, never came and watched one. It was a huge big deal to us. We loved doing it. We loved being a part of it. Um, but there was no way she was going to show any interest, no interest in anything that we ever did. Um, so that's just another little example. But anyway, so um, just getting on to my adult years. So I finished high school. I didn't know what I was going to do. I worked at a bakery for a couple of months. Um, and then I got accepted into nurses training. And so that was back when they were training in hospitals. It wasn't university-based. We trained, we were employed by the hospital. We were student nurses and we would do blocks of lectures and then go into the ward for 10-week blocks. And you'd be sent to any ward for that 10-week, back to lectures, have exams. And then if you pass those exams, you'd go on to another ward. So we pretty much worked in every area of the hospital, huge, busy inner city hospital. So lots and lots of experiences, very eye-opening, very much thrown into the big wide world of the public. And um, so there I was, just my twin sister was accepted as well. So we started in the same group. So most of the kids lived in, started living in. That's um, We had nurses home in those days and most student nurses lived in there. And it was pretty much natural progression as they sort of progressed in their um, studies. They all ended up moving out into a shared apartments and it was a lot of fun. Nurses were pretty wild back then um, and had a lot of fun. Sadly, of course, we were not allowed to live in the nurses home. So that alienated us straight away. We were like these weird, naive little twins still living at home. Um, anyway. So for just, um, it was around this time that I started developing eating disorders. I'd always had a very bad odd body image. I wasn't fat, but I didn't like the way I looked. I always felt I carried too much weight. I always wanted to be really skinny, like the pretty girls. And... Um, I had put on a bit of weight when I finished high school, so hated myself. Um, and then I started restricting my eating. Um, I don't like talking about this. I hate it very much, but it's part of my story, so I have to, and it just all ties in, I guess, with everything. So anyway, I started restricting my eating. Um, working so hard, we physically worked really hard. So it wasn't long before I lost weight. I lost a lot of weight, um, lost about 20 kilos in a couple of months, went completely unnoticed by my mum, of course. Um, now, I had mentioned in the last episode, she had an incredibly unhealthy relationship with food and been a really bad example to us, so we had no concept um, of just normal good eating, weren't educated in nutrition or anything like that. Uh, so I had a whole really negative, unhealthy mindset to begin with. Um, I didn't know anything about just normal healthy eating and exercise 
and just good lifestyle choices. I had no education, no guidance, no clue. So here I was just pretty much stopping eating, greatly restricted, um, and went on like that for a while. Started to get pretty worried about myself. I had done some prac work in the psych ward where I was actually looking after anorexic girls that weighed more than I did. Kind of was a bit envious of them that they actually had been recognised and were getting help, thinking <laughs> what would it be like to actually have a mother that recognised you had a problem and helped guide her daughter to get help. But at the same time, I was terrified of that ever happening because I certainly didn't want... It was my way of having control. I found out the psychology behind it all much later and that was exactly how it happens. Um, a lot of the time is a young girl like me that is a bit of a perfectionist and wanting to please and a very dominant mother that the young girl has no control in her life. So that's one thing she can control. So that's what I subconsciously found that I could control and I did. Um, so I plotted on like that, but it didn't take me too long to realise that I had to fix myself or I would die and that this was a stupid path to be on. I didn't want to end up in a psych hospital. So I started um, again just, and this is back years before internet, so I had no nothing to research, no guidance. There were no books around. Eating disorders weren't known much about back then. So I just had to do it all in my own head. I had to just come up with what I thought was what I needed to do and just do that. Thank goodness I've always had a lot of common sense. So um, I started allowing myself, obviously I'd learnt about nutrition through my nursing studies. So I started to allow myself certain foods and so I started eating actually very healthy and I also started exercising and I got very addicted to exercise and I kind of envy how focused and dedicated I was because it, because it was actually a very healthy lifestyle. I was very disciplined with my studies, very disciplined with my exercise and very disciplined with my very clean eating diet. But my mindset was incredibly unhealthy, just so, so not okay. Um, I was very, very restrictive with what I ate. I did eat good foods. I ate lots of fruit and veggies, lots of nuts, seeds, grains, yogurts, those sort of things. But I was very rigid in that I would only allow certain foods and would never ever wave. I wouldn't allow one thing off my unwritten list past my lips um, and just would not go a day without exercising and up my exercise schedule more and more, putting, adding in more, doing workouts twice a day, would never miss a day. Um, just had this great fear of missing a day and enormous fear of not sticking to my diet and all those things. So very unhealthy, but at least I was eating. So I maintained obviously very skinny um, I probably put on a little bit to what I'd got down to, but I 
still maintained a very low body weight, had a very low heart rate. Um, I was very aware of that and those sort of things are not good signs that things are going well. Um, I stopped having periods and I stopped for a lot of years. I didn't have a period even well into when I was married. I didn't actually know if I would be able to have any children because I just wasn't having periods. Luckily, that all corrected itself though. Um, but that went on and I did get through my nursing studies um, and I will just add, I was very much a loner. I didn't have friends in high school because we weren't allowed to have friends that weren't Christians, which was nobody, so there we were, very isolated. Um, and that carried on into our nursing training. We couldn't just fit in with the normal crowd because the normal crowd were all pretty wild and drinking and partying and none of that was okay. I did have my little wild stage where I got in with a group of nurses that were very much into drugs and um, hit the party scene, but I didn't stay in that very long because it didn't take me long to realise that they were all pretty much losers, just nothing much going for them other than living for the next weekend parties and getting high and just wasn't for me. I, it didn't make me feel good. I felt really, really bad. I got really bad effects from coming down from drugs, you know, the day after. It was amphetamines that I was trying. Absolutely loved it. It was perfect for me because and suppressed your appetite. So that was the tick and win-win and um, made you really high, really, really happy, euphoric and kept you awake all night. So you just go out and have a really good time. But the downer effect just would wipe me out. I, I didn't cope at all. I would just be just really, really in a bad way for a couple of days after it. So Thank goodness, again, my common sense kicked in and just said, this is stupid, don't go on that path. So I got out of that and then just pretty much kept to myself. I had a couple of, um, well, one really close friend in my nursing training that I sort of hung out with and went out with a bit. Um, but, yeah, I just kept to myself, got my studies done, kept my exercise regime and did my work. So it was a busy life. My mum during that time, I don't rem remember her being too much of a problem. She just ignored me. She left me to it. I just, suddenly church wasn't an issue because we often work Saturdays. Um, so I just stopped going to church because we'd just say I either had to study or I was working. Didn't seem to be a problem. She just left us alone. Didn't take any interest whatsoever in our nursing. Oh, the amount of experiences that I would have been going through, seeing so many dead people, all sorts of trauma cases, hor horrific accident victims and horrific burns victims, you name it, we saw it. But I would never have gone home and talked it all out with my mum and wouldn't have bothered telling her. Just wouldn't have been any point. Um because again, no connection at all there. But at least I had the freedom to come and go. I didn't have family meals. I always avoided that because that's how I could stick to my diet regime. Um, and 
yeah, she just left me alone. But my real hell started when I met my beautiful, beautiful husband. Um, so I met him when I was just about to finish my nursing training and he had been hanging out with my twin sister's boyfriend at the time. Now my twin sister was going through her own hell in a different way. I'll talk about that another time. But she, her boyfriend was not approved of. She was not allowed to go out with him. So enormous amount of conflict went on there. Um, they broke up for a time, hoping to please the mother. And while they'd broken up, her partner was hanging out with this beautiful guy and they introduced us and we fell in love pretty quickly. Um, I say it as if that was really sweet and beautiful. It was for him, it wasn't for me, obviously, with all my issues and baggage and screwed upness that I was, it definitely wasn't how it went for me. But my beautiful husband was just the sweetest young boy. He was incredibly handsome, just an all-around good guy that had never really had a girlfriend properly before, lived with his parents, was a nice Christian boy, did all the right things. And he told me in a week, after a week that we'd been seeing each other, that he was going to marry me. And that absolutely terrified me. Um... I, well, my plan th through my nursing training was just to finish it and then I wanted to just get the hell out of my house. I wanted to travel, I wanted to go overseas. I just wanted to get as far, far away from them as I possibly could. I had eyes wide open for the world. I wanted to see the world. I wanted to experience everything, go travel and live. So that was my plan. I just wanted to finish nursing training and going. But, of course, I wasn't allowed um, to just do what a normal young person would do and just go travel. Um, that just wasn't going to be an option. I wasn't going to be allowed to just jump on a plane and land in London and then s get a job and see what happens. I just... It was never spoken. It was just something you knew. You just knew you couldn't do that. You just couldn't. It was like moving out of home. I knew, I just never even considered moving out of home because it just wasn't even an option. It wasn't um, a possibility. Um, and um, Sorry, my husband's just walked in. I'm just changing rooms. Um, so I had, my older sister had done a program called YWAM. It's a very good program, Youth with a Mission. They have courses all over the world. You do a couple of months sort of discipleship training course and then you go do a little missionary trip somewhere. Um, so I thought that was the only way I could actually travel, the only way I would be allowed to travel anywhere. So my twin sister and I had both signed up to do a course, both separately at different places. I was absolutely terrified because it wasn't what I wanted to do at all. I just was, I was terrified. That doesn't even begin to describe how terrified I was, but I was terrified because it wasn't what I wanted to do. It was what my parents wanted me to do. 
um, there's a lot of weird people. My sister had had super weird friends that had been involved. And, uh, and I, just, I just didn't want to do that. Um, but it was all I was the thought I was allowed to do. So anyway, I met my husband and then things changed. We very quickly fell in love and wanted to be together, but I wasn't allowed to fall in love. Um, I'd actually been told by my mother and my older sister, never tell a boy you love them and never kiss a boy. Just, I had been given the most worst advice possible on having a relationship with a boy now I was in my 20s by now I guess 20 I was 20 when we met so it was a normal age very normal age to fall in love but it was not okay I was not permitted to do that and it was not allowed so the hell began pretty much straight away so we started going out just before I finished my nursing training I started thinking more and more about my future um, as it got closer, I just thought I cannot go and do this YWAM missionary thing. I just can't. I can't leave my now boyfriend. I like him too much. And I just, even though I still desperately wanted to travel and get away, I also knew I wanted to be with him but extremely conflicted because I wasn't allowed to be with him and I was being told it was wrong and all these things and my older sister was in her late 20s still living at home didn't have a boyfriend so that was definitely not permitted for, for us who were much younger than her and we had to wait until she at least got a boyfriend was sort of the mentality of the whole fucked up picture um so my boyfriend was not liked at all by my mother and I think a lot of reasons for that, he was a really nice guy, really, really nice, happy, positive guy. So that was the last thing she wanted for me. Didn't want me having anyone at all. Didn't want her losing control. Didn't want the whole package came into it. And it pretty much quickly turned into a nightmare. So would have begun with me announcing to them that I wasn't doing the... Um, the missionary course and my twin sister same reasons she didn't want to go either and leave her boyfriend so we both canned that one parents were not happy at all and it just snowballed from there my boyfriend was not liked he was not welcome in the home he would come and visit me my mother would get up and leave the room her and my older sister would do the same if he rung to speak to me, because again, this is before mobile phones and messenger and any kind of um, devices where we could communicate, the only way he could contact me was to call on the home phone. She would answer the phone and I'll just get her for you. And then she'd come and get me and you'd know who it was just by the tone in her voice, her tone, her voice tones as another very much narcissistic trait different tones in her voice for different things and you would just know what mood she was in or you know you would just know the scene by her tone in her voice um and so she would come find me and I'd say who is it I don't know he didn't tell me who it was obviously she knew who it was 
just, it was just ridiculous. Um, this is taking much longer than I thought it would, so I'm going to have to do a few episodes of this one, but it was an absolute nightmare. So I changed my plans um, and I cancelled that. I had finished my nurse's training now and I did some agency work. That's something you can do with nursing. You sign up with a nursing agency and you put your availability to them and then they'll just send you, bring you up and send you to all sorts of hospitals. I went to lots of different hospitals and did shifts and that was a good way to see which hospitals you liked and you didn't like. I didn't want to stay at the big hospital I'd trained at. It was not what I wanted to be. It was all pretty awful. Um, and I started doing some shifts at the children's hospital and I immediately fell in love, head over heels, fell in love with paediatric nursing and this particular hospital. It was a martyr hospital run by the nuns. That whole atmosphere, the overtone from the nuns was just so present. It's gone now, but it was very, very present in those days and it was just the most beautiful environment it was it was like made for me it was just suited me so perfectly um as opposed to the normal big public hospitals that were government run um they was such just such an extreme different atmosphere and I absolutely loved nursing children after coming from nursing adults and old people and horrible, big, fat, obese people and all those sort of things. I had beautiful, cute little children. So I thought this is exactly where I need to be. And I'd also been sent a shift as an agency nurse to a childcare center where I um, fell in love immediately with that one as well. So I actually stayed on there just as a assistant um, didn't get paid much but I just did it because I absolutely loved it so one day a week I went and did a shift there I was so in love with working in the childcare centre because I just loved being with the children um, but I knew I had to get a proper job in a hospital to get some nursing experience so I very easily in those days to get a nursing job you pretty much just made a phone call and got the job so I was accepted at the children's hospital, the Mater Children's, and I started working full-time there. Um, it was perfect. It was just perfect for me. Again, not my mother's plans for me. I was meant to be a missionary. <clears throat> she always said how she didn't want to get married. She just wanted to be a missionary. But God always makes you do what you the opposite to what you want to do. So I was terrified because all I actually wanted to do was get married and have children and a family. And I thought in that case, God was going to make me be a missionary and I did not want to do that. And I'm sure that that's what my mother wanted for me. Definitely not just to live a normal life. Definitely not. Um, I might wrap it up there because from here on it just goes really really sad and really really ugly <clears throat> really really painful for many many years there but um it's not a happy time i look back with horrific memories so much trauma and so much damage was done to me through those years um 
I'll definitely tell the story in more detail, but I guess I did get my happy ending. I stuck as much as my mum broke me over and over again. I was determined somehow I had this inner strength to just keep going. I was determined to be with my husband, to marry him. Um, I had constant doubt. I didn't know if it was right. My parents are supposed to know what's right and wrong. If they're saying it's wrong, uh, so much trauma. But fast forwarding, we did marry. We are still so incredibly happily married. Um, so I definitely did the right thing. We have four incredibly beautiful, handsome, mentally healthy young adult sons. Them alone are a testament that we did the right thing. My mum has never ever approved of it. Um, and that trauma carried through. I just started to disengage though and allow it to um, stop happening less and less until, as I've said, I've pretty much become no contact now. But I really suffered a lot and I'll have to just go through all of that in another episode because this has taken a lot longer than I thought it would. Um, I do hope somebody listens here one day. I hope my family do, my, my immediate family. I'd love them just to know more about me and my story. So if you are listening, thank you very, very much.